this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, we've got Franco and Drew on an adventure. We've got Ned wanting to get payback, and Carla met somebody special. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, look at that. We're back. That music means it's the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the latest happenings in Port Charles. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. And I am Carla Renata. Oh, my God. I, okay, so I just have to get it in. Let me just get it in at the top of the show. So I was doing the red carpet for this film that's coming out called Pandas. It's a documentary. It's really good. It's being produced by IMAX. But anywho, Maurice Bernard was like the first person to hit the red carpet, and I got to talk to him, and I was so excited. And... <laughs> What was that? Oh, <laughs> I was like, what was that? That was a studio audience. Yay, right studio there. audience. And not only did I get to talk to him, but I invited him to come to the GH Report, and he said he was going to come. And Frank is hating on me, and Frank said he's not going to come. And I'm like, yes, he come. is. He's going to come on a Sunday, and he's going to bring Laura Wright, who plays Carly, and he's going to bring Mike, and he's going to bring Michael. He's going to bring the whole Corinthos clan, because I asked him to. And that's going to happen. Oh, oh, and when I posted the video of me seeing him, Yes, he liked it, and then he said I was really sweet. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while it would, you know, boy, I would love to be proven wrong. Maurice Bernard's never going to show up. Yes, show. he is. He's not. No Don't way. rain on my parade, Frank. He's do not. not rain on my He's parade. Not. Maurice Bernard is Sonny Corinthos. He can do whatever he wants. But I like that you made the ask even so much more of a challenge to pull off. By you know quadrupling down with the amount of people that he'd be bringing. Let me tell you something. Him. Nobody says no to me. So when I ask, it's gonna happen. Trust and believe, it's gonna happen. They gonna come here, and then and then I'm gonna have a cake made especially for you to eat crow. Yes, I will. <laughs> I like cake. I will. I will be more. Than I will happy have to eat some cake. cakes, some cupcakes. I might even have some champagne for you to get drunk on top of that. No, my I'm word. just saying. Uh, all right. Well, just real quick, how often are you going to uh, reach out? Maurice and say, hey. I will, I, will, I will do it on this show every week until he shows up. I will do it on Twitter. I will, I will forever. 
forever, forever, forever. You don't understand. You don't understand how big of a Maurice Bernard fan I am. You don't. Okay. I mean, I'm an even bigger Maurice Bernard fan than I am of General Hospital. I, like I remember Maurice Bernard when he was on All My Children. Well, I'm just saying. That's true. I mean, and Carla, she showed us here at Afterbus, which she hasn't shown you folks, but she does have tattoo of Maurice Bernard's face just on her on her chest. So it's great. So, <laughs> first of all. If you know me, you know that I am needlephobic and ain't no tattoo nowhere anywhere on this body. So there's that. But let's talk about General Hospital this week. I, well, I have fangirled out about Maurice Bernard you sure? enough. Yes, I'm good. I'm All good. right. Because my jaws are hurting. So we, I'm good. Okay. I, now, <laughs> cut to six months from now. Real quick. Cut to six months from now. Maurice still hasn't been in here. Are you still going to be? Oh, it's not going to take six months. Okay. That's not going to take six months. All right. It's not. Okay. I promise you it won't. Oh, all right. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And feel free to hop in the chat. We'll pull the chat up so hear what your thoughts are about General Hospital in general <laughs> or this week <laughs> in particular. And, you know, folks, do you want to have fun, learn, and grow in all areas of your life? For those who do, you know what? We've got a podcast just for you. Conversations with Marie Menounos Podcast Edition is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Marie Menounos, and drops every Friday in iTunes. Conversations with Marie Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. Just go to iTunes, subscribe to Conversations with Marie Menounos for free. And when you do, let her know it was the ABTV GH report that got you there. Conversations with Marie Menounos podcast edition. Check it out. Very smooth, Frank. I love when you do that. It's so oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Please. <laughs> Are they going in on the episode already? <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, we started off in the chat with a, a, a very happy message from Daisy Flower 40 We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Can Nell just die already? (laughs) Uh, She said, I'm sorry, but... And the baby can go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) So why don't we just jump into to a little bit of Nell there. Uh, she's still planning her, her vengeance on Carly. Yeah, but Ava's kind of turning on her. Because Ava's like, you know, why don't you kind of make nice with Carly? And did you see the look that Nell shot her when she said that? She's like, what, so you like Carly now? She's like, no, nah, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe if you make nice, she'll make nice too. And Nell's like, she was having none of it. Well, I, I feel like Ava, seeing how it all went down with Avery and Sonny, Oh, I mean, it's already late. Avery can just stay here. Yeah, that's not going to happen. We knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so Sunny was like, yeah, no, I'm taking my kid. I'll just wrap her up. And I'll warm. just wrap her up. And she was like, oh, but she's already asleep. Yeah, no, Diva. That's, Have she, has she not learned that she cannot pull the wool over the eye shenanigans with Sunny? I don't know why she keeps trying it. Uh, uh, Stuart Pierce in the chat said, hi, Frank and Carla. Who's Jennifer? I don't know, but uh, that's... It's, <laughs> hey, Stuart. Hey, hey Stuart Pierce. Yeah, I, that's, I don't know why she just keeps on wanting to push the boundaries. I mean, she knows how Sunny's going to retaliate, and she just can't help but just wanting to 
I think they're just trying to find something for her to do because I think I think her plan has run its course. Once she did the whole recording thing, and people and the fans did not react to to that the way they thought fans were going to react to it, they panicked, and now they just reaching for stuff. Yeah, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what it feel. That's what it feels like to me. Well, we've also it seems like we've dropped the storyline of her being I don't know, like jealous of Kiki and. Uh, Griffin's relationship? Yeah, because then they hooked him up with a date with another little nurse. That was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, uh. That was kind of cute. She slipped him the number and she was cheesing and crying. I was like, ooh, who's that? I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, so that, you mean for Michael? And Michael's... Oh, that, 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 who did I say? Uh, I was talking about Griffin. Oh. About her, him and Kiki kind of having that weird, like, hey, every time we you run, you see us, we're hugging for some reason. Oh, yeah. And so now they got... Didn't I, didn't I tell you this? Didn't I tell you this? That they were going to set that doctor up to try to hit on Kiki? I knew it was com- I knew it was coming. He is shady, boots. He is up to no good. He's gonna try to drug. It, that's gonna be the next big, big storyline on that show, I think. Because he is just a- how- First of all, how you gonna take your underage student out for drinks? Hello, hashtag Me Too. What are you doing? I don't think Kiki's underage. I think she's she's going to medical school. She's so. She's 25 years younger than him. Wait, but that's not underage. For him it is. Yes, it is. She's still, she's still over She's legal. I'm saying she's legal. Yeah. But still, like, come on. He could be her father. Come on now. You, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, Carla. You know, <laughs> right. I, look at you. Yes, Kelly. Bench is creepy. Look at you just putting, you know, just, you know, putting that May-September romance. You're just poo-pooing it. Yeah, I am poo-pooing because he's creepy and that's gross. And it's like... Go take a cold shower and get your life because that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get the Kiki and I mention in a second. Uh, just to wrap up with Nell, she, uh, of course, she, you know, she's living with the quartermains, but uh, Carly goes over there and starts talking to Olivia. And I, I thought Olivia was smart. She goes, yeah, I'm not going to, she's living here. It's Monica's house. I've already just mended fences with Monica. I'm not going to start causing trouble by being so, uh, you yeah. know. Th- Outwardly against Nell. Yeah, Olivia is scaring me these days because she's she's acting like she's got a little blonde streak or something. Because they're talking, it's like how are you, how did you think you were going to have that conversation in the quarter main house? Nell is living there and she's not going to hear y'all talking. How did you think that wasn't going to happen? Yeah, right. I and mean, of course, you should have had that. They should have just closed the door. Always, always just close the door. But even on soaps, even if the door is closed, they still go like this and try to listen. Like if you are having a conversation that you don't want anybody to hear, there's always somebody lurking around the corner that's going to hear it and do something with the conversation. I was just like, I couldn't believe they were having that, and they were loud too. Like they weren't even trying to whisper. Well, Carly. Well, I mean, when it comes to Nell, Carly has you know very little patience. She's got to do it. like I, I. I already hate this lady. She knows I hate her. I don't have to be quiet. She knows what's up. Look, uh, you know, but, I just. I, don't I mean, know. I, I think Olivia's point of view was sensible, and, and at least why antagonize Nell? Even though Nell's overheard this conversation, so she's not going to be that friendly towards Olivia anyway. But the idea was smart. It's like, hey, I'm not going to be antagonistic, but I'll keep an eye on her for you. But yeah, I just can we just back up to Griffin real quick? Can we back up to um, to talk about Griffin for a minute? Because this is this is what I'm interested in knowing. Griffin just got wind of a bombshell piece of information this week, right? Yes. So what is he going to do with that information? Like, do you think he's going to tell? Because he's a doctor, so there's that patient confidentiality thing. Because he's starting to put two and two together as far as Peter August is concerned. Yeah, which is smart. Uh, I'm glad that he was actually for once smart enough to start putting that together. So that was a 
good way for it to be. Because if he hadn't, I'd be like, oh, come I'd on, be like, Griffin. Dude, but, he, but he's he's putting all the little pieces together. And so I'm interested to know, what's he going to do with this information? Is he going to confront Peter? Like, what's no, he going to do? No, I'm sure he's going to talk to Anna before he does anything else. You think he'll tell Anna? Yeah, because there's nothing, there's, what's, what does he gain by telling Peter August something that he already knows? Peter August doesn't know that he knows. Oh, no, but why, you know, I'm not, hey, guess what? Uh, I know that you're Faison's son. That doesn't really gain him anything. No. No, no, no. I mean, the smart thing is to tell Anna. Always a smart, uh, when in doubt, go tell Anna. <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat up there said, uh, Mar- uh, there are, Friday he ordered DNA? Yeah, uh, Monica's becoming the writing Monica like a moron. And I think that's in regards back to, uh, to Nell. <laughs> Uh, inviting Nell to stay over there. And I don't think Monica's being a moron. No, I think Monica's being very, very smart because under, as long as Nell is underneath her roof, she can keep an eye on her. Yes. As long as she's under that roof, she can keep an eye on her to make sure that nothing happens to the baby. As long as Nell's not under that roof, they have no idea what she's doing or how, or at what point she may or may not be putting the child at risk through some other shenanigans or dumb decisions that she's making so no Monica's not stupid she's very smart for bringing her into that house to keep an eye on her I think don't you think yeah I, th- I think Monica wants to uh, give her an opportunity to you know, t- to be the best possible version that she can be but she's not being she's not casting a blind eye mm-hmm. towards Nell she's mm-hmm. pl- heard plenty of stuff but she's not willing to just like jump in and say alright everybody else has said she's bad she's bad mm-hmm. I'll give her a chance but I'm always going to keep in the back of my mind that you know she could be shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's true. She could be uh, shady. So we end the week though, and I know we talked about this in the chat, and we talked about this here with this stupid gaslighting scheme that that she is working on with Carly, and the next step is getting that that stupid scarf, and she does the stupidest thing where she she we get this great scene where she distresses the scarf to make it look like it been an explosion or a crash because it's supposed to be Morgan's scarf, but then she puts her own blood on the scarf. All it needs to be doing is be tested. Because anybody, if they find this, Carly's going to take it immediately to the, the yep, police department Yeah, because Carly is nobody's this. fool, yep. But maybe they're doing that on purpose so that Carly can have a reason to dropkick Nell. As if she didn't have a million reasons already. What do you do when it's a female's pregnant DNA <laughs> that's showing up on there? Okay. I don't know. So I don't understand that move by Nell. Like, at least get another... Man's, I don't. If you can't get Morgan's blood conclusively, then you shouldn't put the blood on there because that seems ridiculous. Because that's going to be the easiest thing for them to disprove that this is actually Morgan's. <laughs> but she's going to have. She this. ain't the brightest crayon in the box, so there's that. But I mean, you know, I don't know how she thinks that putting her own blood is the smartest thing. to she do. She not think because she's stupid. She's not thinking. She's not. Of course, it's not the smartest thing to do because she ain't the smartest part. Like I said, she ain't the brightest crayon in the box. I mean, come on. The whole thing with the recording, talking. You know, come on. So, I just, I can't with her. Oh, yeah. So we also have, which I think is also going to be an Achilles heel for Nell, is that Michael, as you mentioned, goes out, he gets, he sets up a date with this new this nurse. And once Nell gets wind of this, oh, it's not going to go well for this nurse. No, she might, she might even try to, she might even try to take out Michael and Carly. I don't know if she'd take out Michael. She might. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than a woman scorn, honey. She might snap like a twig and try to take him out. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. Because Michael, at least Michael's never been leading her on. I mean, she's hoping that this whole baby thing will bring them closer together. Right. But he's never let her on. No, he's never let her on. But the fact that he's seeing somebody else definitively lets her know there is no hope. He is moving on. There is no hope. The only reason he's being bothered with you is for the baby. And although he said that to her numerous times, those type of women, they hear you, but they don't. You know what I mean? So no. I don't know. 
Well, true. Every time they, Michael, hey, I saved you a seat right here. Michael. Oh, boy. Our academic said Nell kills the nurse. Well, yeah, as soon as that nurse said, hey, I'll, let's go out on a date, I was like, she, you might as well just put like a ticking clock on her. She's <laughs> I, not I be saw that you wrote that. You were like, oh, she's Michael's girlfriend. Yep, she's dead. I was like, oh, Frank, really? They do all, pretty much almost all of Michael's girlfriends, other than Kiki. I was like, Kiki's died. still living. It, that's great. That's like one out of what? <laughs> three? Yeah, oh, man, that's bad news. Uh, don't get in a relationship with him. Uh, so uh, you mentioned Griffin. We got the whole hot Peter August thing again. We've got multiple scenes this week of uh, Maxi and Peter August and everybody trash talking Heinrich right in front of Peter August, so we can always have those awkward looks on his face, like mm. <laughs> the awkward looks, and then the lurking around the corner and pausing before he leaves <laughs> into the camera. I'm like, oh god, that's like an old school soap opera move right there for the cameras. That was every time that happened, yeah. I hollered. I was like, okay, I can't with him. Speaking of that, I saw this guy on uh, our boy on uh, an episode of Charmed from back in the day. The guy and playing had, Peter August. Yes, and he I had nice long curly hair. I can see that. He looked great. He I looked can see great. that. He's a good looking dude. Now, all right, so Miss Yaki says Peter's annoying. Do you find Peter annoying? <laughs> yes, I do. I do find him annoying. And and you know what? I take that back. It's not so much that I find him annoying. I find the storyline involving him annoying. Because it's like, we're really smart viewers. How long can you string us along before we're supposed to believe that nobody in Port Charles is putting two and two together except for Griffin? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I guess I like the idea that he feels bad about what happened with Nathan. And they, I was glad that we had that scene a few weeks back where he was at his uh, his graveside. Grave mm-hmm. Because I felt like that's something that we needed a few weeks earlier about mm-hmm. why how, how he felt bad that Nathan had died and that he never got a chance to know him. So I'm glad we had that. And I guess that explains why he's sticking around. No, he's sticking around for Max. Something's going to go down with Maxie, I think. Because they've, they've tapped her out and had her... Like she now she's just walking around with her jaws tight. Like now she's just angry. She's just mad and pissed off all the time. And I don't like that Maxie. I like the quirky, fun, crazy Maxie. And I know it's hard to do that when you're grieving and you're pregnant with your with your dead husband's hard. baby. But come on now. You know what? You could have that fun, perky Maxie. And you only have a grieve off camera, <laughs> or you don't have to see it. Move on. You know how I feel about that grieving process. Show it. Don't show it to me. Tell me that it happened off camera, and that's great. But Peter and Maxie's, uh, who was that said, Andrew Stark? Peter and Maxie would make a cute couple, but is she really going to hook up with him once she finds out that he's Faison's son? Hell to the gnaw. That's not happening. No. It's, uh, I'm trying to think objectively. Certainly, because the biggest thing is that he lied about his true identity to her. So that would be the biggest stumbling block. But in terms of setting up Nathan's death, I mean, I guess the part that he has that he has part of it is that he antagonized Faison by keeping Jason alive, getting him riled up, so that when he came to Port Charles, he was already had a mad on. See, this him. is the thing. When Maxie finds out that he is the son that Faison was coming to Port Charles to kill, not Nathan, she's going to feel some kind of way about that. Because he wouldn't have come to Port Charles if old boy hadn't been there. It was going to take him a minute to find out about Nathan, and by the time he would have found out about Nathan, they probably would have been able to neutralize Faison anyway, right? But I, I'm think I'm thinking I'm guesstimating. I don't know, but he specifically Faison specifically came to poor Charles for his son, who he knew definitively was he knew it was Peter. He knew that. So when Maxie finds out that Faison came to poor Charles for Peter. And that Peter didn't die, and that Nathan died instead. She's gonna feel some kind of way about that. 
true. I mean, she's not going to be happy about it. So I, you know, it's one of those where it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Kelly. We'll get to that in a, in a moment. No, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it gets set up eventually that they are have a romantic interest, but I still feel like it's if we're going to really, if we're going to be true to the, I, I'm down. I'm down. You skip the grieving process, get her involved with Peter. Let's do it. But if you're going to be true to this grieving process, it's going to be a long time before she's going to be wanting to get all sorts of romantic with Peter August. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, in a, in a perfect world, I don't see that happening. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I agree with Musnecki. Peter's going to be redeemed. Um, I think he is, but he's not going to be redeemed. But come on, look at how, look at how salty Maxie is at Lulu. For what she did, do you really think she gonna forgive him before she forgives Lulu? I don't think so. Well, the nice thing is that he's got other ties to poor Charles, other than now with the revelation that it's indeed Anna's son. <clears throat> so even if things go belly up with Maxie, at least there's still a reason for him to stick around poor Charles. Which is smart in terms of keeping that character around. So we do get to see, uh, speaking of his, uh, we get to see uh, Anna talk to Valentine. Say, hey, why'd you lie to me? Yeah, that was interesting. Cause his 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 face kills me. He's another one. His face when she said that she was like, "No, I had a boy." He's like, "No, I know what I think I saw." And she's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean by that?" And then the camera cut away. I'm like, seriously. Well, because I feel like he's playing both him and or both Anna and Heinrich. Yeah, he is. He but, knows. He it's very evident that he knows something else that he's not telling either one of them. Something that's going to blow both of their worlds apart as well as his. I think. Well, I think, I mean, well, the big thing is that, hey, guess what? You you two are, you know, mother and son. Yeah. And I don't know why he's not, he didn't at least tell Heinrich that. Yeah, I I don't, I don't have an answer for that. But I just, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. But I loved how she was like, you told me it was a girl. It's a boy. And she, he was like. I mean, I feel like that is definitely a way. Because I think right now, uh, Heinrich slash Peter's allegiance would be with Valentine. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't know about Anna, but then mm-hmm. he finds out about Anna, it's going to be a lot of anger for why did you abandon me? Well, he's already sh- he showed this week that he was pissy because yeah. when he was going to uh, to Griffin to get the test done, um, Griffin asked him about his parents, and he said he didn't know who his mother was, and then he had a conversation. I think the conversation was with Valentine. I don't remember exactly right now, but he had a conversation with somebody where he's like, "What kind of person just leaves her kid? Like, who does that?" And he's, so he's already pissed off that he yeah. doesn't know who his mother is if she's still alive. When he finds out that it's Anna, it's going to be off and popping. True. But I think he's going to get sour at Valentine when it comes out that, hey, Valentine, you knew this whole time that I was oh. really, and you didn't tell me? He might come for him, too. Look, then then, that, <laughs> then that, that phase on that we all know and love might jump out through, um, through Griffin, not Griffin, um, Peter at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because up until this point, we haven't seen any traces of him having any personality characteristics of Faison. But let him find out some stuff about Valentine or Anna in regards to his birth. It's going to be off and popping. Well, speaking of birth, the other big thing that happened with Maxine Heinrich was the test for Huntington's disease, for especially for the baby yeah. and, and for for Peter. Yeah. And both turned out to be negative. Yeah, and so they said that Brits was negative, too, because yeah. they said she got tested, too. So, so far, this didn't get passed down to any of his children, which, I mean, fortunately, I guess for everybody, that still also seems like, wow, you know, 0 for 3? <laughs> With a 50-50 chance Somebody's that you went gonna, 0 for 3. Yeah, somebody, somebody going to turn up with that disease. We don't, we're not sure who. And, and one of the tests might be a false negative. You know what I mean? Like somebody's test might end up being a false negative, and somebody may actually end up with it. So we don't know. If they had given the baby 
Huntington's. That, that test came out positive. Would that have been just one, one, two, one bridge too far in terms of just like the the crud you're putting on Maxie right now? Yep, I think so. Like you, you already have her turning into an unredeemable character by just walking around with her jaws tight and evil and nasty all the time, not, wa- <laughs> not wanting to talk to anybody except for Nina and Peter. Like. That is not the Maxie Jones we have come to know and love. So now she's just turning into this raving for biatch, for lack of a better way to say it. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh. Well, we get a great scene where <laughs> Maxie talks to Lulu in the Metro Court. And, <laughs> and then, she went in again. <laughs> and then Alexis goes and says, I want a restraining order against this lady. Smart, there you go. Just getting a restraining order against an, uh, a former friend. That's messed up. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. That's messed up. Don't don't be near me. Don't think about me. Don't think about my baby. Just get away from me. That's messed up. That's kind of messed up. Uh, I mean, do you feel like Mac, well, that Maxie should still be as angry as she is right now? It's, yeah, because like I said, grief is a process. It's going to take her a minute to get over that. Like there's going to be some tragedy or something where they're going to end up saving each other that's going to cause them to... Um, probably reunite with their friendship. Speaking of which, tragedy's bringing people together. <laughs> Jason and Sam! There's a moment uh, in this, uh, this week's episode. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. When Jason goes up to Sam and says, hey, you know what, I'm going out of town, I'm going to Europe to try to track down some leads in Heinrich. And Sam says, are you leaving because of this storyline? All right. No. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. But are you leaving because of what we said to each other? And I was like, yeah, that's, I'm leaving because of the storyline because it is so terrible. Yep. No. I wonder if he's leaving, like, leaving for good. Like, is, is Steve Burton coming back? No, that'd be great. If Steve Burton? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he said he's leaving. Like, is he really going to be gone, gone? Or is he just gone for a couple of episodes? He's just going to be gone for a little okay, while. Okay, because I was like, I'm going to need for Steve Burton to stay right where he is. I'm I sure it's like one of those stories been in heavy rotation since he came back. So now it's like, hey, I'm going to take a, a couple break. weeks off. Okay, okay. I, I could get with that. I could get yeah. with that. But this is what's, what's interesting to me about that whole thing. I feel like he signed a three-year contract. Okay. Let me tell you something about a three-year contract. One of my girlfriends was on a soap opera. She was on One Life to Live when it was on the air, and she had a three-year contract, and they called her in that office, and they went snip, snip. So three-year contract don't mean squat. No, it's 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 great for the uh, the network, but not but so I, great for the actor. Yeah, but I think for Steve Burton, he ain't going to work. So um, you're probably right, Charlie. <laughs> um, but I think with Jason and Sam, I feel like, I'm I'm really glad that Sam has finally admitted that she loves Jason and that she needs to figure out what she's going to do with Drew because that's going to be interesting when that conversation happens, when Ugh. she tells Drew what he what he feared all along is about to go down. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to that at all because it's going to be like, wah, wah, wah. It'll be sad. Ugh. Uh, It'll be sad. But I thought I every time I hear that music, I think about you and I laugh my buns off because I'm like, I know Frank is sitting somewhere right now. And he's just it. shaking his head with his jaws tight going, oh, that song. It, that is, just song. The, it is the worst when that thing pops up. <laughs> it is. Ding, ding, oh, ding. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, I, I gotta admit, I am I am just liking Sam less and less and less. Well, they're making her. I like Sam, but they're making her so 
like the the Sam that they brought in, on to GH was very strong, very definitive. She didn't have any problems making any decisions, right or wrong. And this Sam is very indefinitive. She's very like, uh, what's the word? Indecisive? Not indecisive. She, I said she was indefinitive. She just, she don't, she doesn't know how to make a decision. But she's very wimpy. Is the word I'm looking for. She's not as strong as the, as the old Sam was. And I don't know if they've made her character that way because now she has children and she had to soften up a little bit for her kid. Like I don't know, but I don't know. Well, yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's rough. Like I do not root in any way, shape, or form for a Jay Sam reunion. I would rather have them sep- just be split apart. Say that you loved each other, that's great, but just never get together. Right? Well, that's going to be the death knell for Jason. Well, Scott Holston says that um, he said he loves Sam without Jason, and with Jason, she's weak and needy. But she wasn't weak and needy with Jason before, and I think, I, I think because he was gone and now he's back, she is it's made her needy. Like she wasn't like that before. But even with Drew, she was kind of like a little needy, kind of sort of. And I'm like, mm, I don't like them making her like that. It makes her. It makes her, it's like I said with some other characters early on, they're kind of punking her out a little bit. Well, there was that conversation she was having with Drew. Uh, so they want to go out and talk, but then uh, good old My Two Dads shows up, spoil, <laughs> throws all that news down. So Drew takes off. I love off, that so they, you call him My Two Dads. That is so funny to me. So they can't have that chat. And then when they talk briefly on the phone, and he's like, hey, I gotta, I'm going to do this thing with Frank. Um, uh, and he's like, oh, where are you going to be? What's going on? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that Please. the old Sam would when once that phone would have hung up, the old Sam would have put that leather jacket on and went to go look for Drew. But no, what does she do? She goes to the hospital to talk to Elizabeth. Really, you gonna have this conversation with Elizabeth? I can't with you right now. You know, I got to give it up for Elizabeth because Sam gave plenty of times to say like. I throw it in her face that she overheard about it. Everyone's like, you know what? I love you, Jason. Oh, we forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, she overheard that. So I'm waiting I'm waiting to see when she's going to drop that bombshell. Because you know she's one of them dolls that when she overhears something, she's like, okay, all right, you can be, you can be messy with me right now. But I, I got something. I got a bomb for you that I'm going to drop in a minute. She just ate wait. it a few times. And I, I would think that maybe Elizabeth's just trying to take the higher ground. Elizabeth never takes the higher ground. Elizabeth Elizabeth puts on that front. Like she trying to take the higher ground, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, she's just as shady and messy as the rest of them. She yeah. just does it differently. But I feel like it would be one thing if it wasn't for if Sam wasn't involved with two people that she does really care about, both Jason and Drew. Yeah. So for her to start blowing up that bomb, it's not. It's only going to hurt them. So I can see why she would not want to just throw that out. She in will her face. though. She will. She'll. She'll let it. She'll let it. Uh, She'll let it drop at some point. You know she is. <laughs> and then I, you brought up my two, <laughs> my two dads, Jim Harvey. So Jim Harvey is discovered that the only reason he's come to Port Charles is because of this gas, this, this natural gas that's natural underneath gas. Charles Street. So he's there to, to make some cash. And when Ned finds out that that's what he was there for, Ned, <laughs> Ned kind of is like, I need to find a way to get back at him because this is not cool. And I'm like... It's a little too much too late, Ned, don't you think? You know, don't you I, think you should have had that thought process when you were running for mayor? Well, no, I mean, you thought everything was on the up and up at that point. Uh, but I do like that he's mad uh, and that he's like, hey, no, there's no way I'm going to sell at the town that I love so much just for the exploiter for some natural resources hidden underneath. Mm. But I, I had such high hopes when he's sitting there in the uh, the interrogation room with, uh, uh, with with Jordan and Curtis saying, hey, you know what? We got a, I've got a plan. 
I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Ned's got a plan. He's a schemer. He's a quarter main. He's not going to come just, up with no plan. He just goes over to Jim's place and offers to buy him out. Like, were you really thinking that Jim was going to say yes to that? I thought that was at least a, like some bait to lure him but in. But that was an Edward Quartermain thing to do. Because Ed, Edward, Edward Quartermain would have never been like, I got a plan. But Edward Quartermain would have been like, money solves every issue that I have. Let me just go write him a check and he'll be good with that. And that's what Ned did. So in that respect, he kind of kept true to what the through line of the family characteristic is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that it just seems so dumb to me to, th- to actually think that my two dads is going to take that check when he, he knows what when he knows what kind of de- you know natural gas deposit he's sitting on. He Ned's smart enough to know that uh, what's lying down underneath Charles Street is going to be way much more than any offer you yeah, give. Yeah, yeah. So There's that and speaking of Jordan and and Curtis in the interrog- interrogation room. <laughs> so this is the thing that made me laugh out loud, and it may not tickle anybody else, but it just made me laugh because the word auntie sometimes is pronounced auntie. So like my niece that was here last week calls me Aunt Carla. I call my aunt's aunt, and I say auntie. So I don't know what that's about, but when Curtis said uh, he messed with my auntie, so that's that. So I'm coming for him because he messed with my auntie, and I holler because I'm like, yes, he said auntie. That's the way I say it. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott Holston in the chat says, I kind of like Jim. What? Are you real? For real, Scott, please. Oh, my God. He Tell is like a, he is like the worst. <laughs> Charlie Church. Jim is a hottie. Uh-uh. <laughs> he is like an oily used car salesman. Oh, my God. He's the worst. Please, Scott, let us know what you kind of like about Jim. I'm just so Yeah, I want to know that myself because he's like an oily. He's like. He's, <laughs> calm down, Frank. He's like dastardly. He's like. He's like like Dudley Do-Right villain kind of dude. Like, ooh. Well, we, we see, of course, that uh, Drew goes to confront Franco. Yes, Rodell. <laughs> Rod- Rodelli. Uh, he is slimy. Uh, Jim is a creep. And that is what makes him a good character, Daisy. Uh, well, the, the, what's always good is like when he has something thrown in his face that he's just immediately able to flip the script. And start making the other person, you know, start second guessing their decisions. Oh, when he, he does that with Franco. And Franco had that meltdown. I thought he was going to turn into another personality. I thought he was going to sibyl out on us for a minute. <laughs> I was like, oh, is he going to do a sibyl? Is he going to start talking in tongues? What's happening? What? I... <laughs> and then nothing happened. And then Drew came in the room and he said, get up, man. And then he got up and everything was okay. I'm like, Really? Really? What, what amazed me though, because he puts it, he has Franco put in that listening device so that yeah, Drew can hear everything that's being said in the conversation because he's going to plant the blood, plant the bug. So he's listening, and he's saying, "Franco, don't get caught up in what he's saying. Just you know, plant the bug and get the heck out of there." And then when he starts laying in, when my dude dad starts laying into Franco, <laughs> and Drew shows up, and then they get tased and they get thrown down in the. I, I think they're in the the you know the dark basements of General Hospital. So yeah, you know where they're at. yeah, but. Drew's like, hey, so what was what was he saying to you? Saying to you in there? Didn't in you room? just like, hear him? Like, how did you not hear? You had a, you had that listening device. You were hearing everything. Okay, yeah, that was dumb. And for Franco to begin, like, I can never tell you this. Like, enough of Franco never telling anybody what's going on in his head. It is, I, ugh, that's my the least thing I enjoy about Franco, where he has something and he just never tells anybody. That's. He's having too many times with that character. I, I, I'm at the end of my rope with him not saying anything. Miss Jackie's like, I'm surprised nothing happened. Nothing happened even during the earthquake. Well, yeah, I guess he probably could have had a little civil moment during the earthquake underneath that rubble too. But I was, but I was surprised nothing happened when he was being pushed by um, 
by Jim Harvey when he was because usually when somebody has multiple personalities, when they're pushed, 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 pushed vocally, they usually snap. Or at least that's what happened to Sybil. I'm just saying. He would have grown that t- brain tumor back and started going to town. Uh, Charlie uh, uh, Marcella Morales in the chat says, "I thought Drew would have taken those two goons, isn't he, in a Navy SEAL?" Yeah, I that's that what a- I'm saying. That's a really good point. Because I, I thought that was like- such a jump from. It being in that hotel room, to all of a sudden being knocked out and waking up at the bottom right. of the GH. So he can kick the door down in the hotel room, but you're going to let them two wimps take you down to a... Su- mm, I can't. Uh, it was a taser. Like, really? I can't. Like, uh. you couldn't kick... Okay, this is the same Drew that... Ca- no, 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 that was Jason that came to the ceiling. But anyway, this is the same Drew that thought he was Jason and was kicking Major Booty up until that point. Yep. And now all of a sudden you got him in a hotel room when he can't take two people, where he's taken a whole room full of people before. Yeah, that was a stretch. That uh, was a stretch. Because Miss Aki says Drew seems to have lost all his Jason qualities. Yes. Yeah, but he was a Navy SEAL. So he had plenty of kick-ass qualities. But he doesn't remember that he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, but he's yeah. got all those flight. That's all instinct. That's reflex. I'm just saying he doesn't remember. So if he doesn't remember, how can he have the instincts or the reflex to do it? Well, but look at him when he was uh, when Sonny was getting killed or shot, and a plotline and it went nowhere. But he busted <laughs> in that room and started kicking ass. But that's what I'm saying. If he could do all of that, then he could have took them two fools that came into the room. That's and it was the way they came into the room. They came and just stood in the doorway and just looked and glared. I'm like, really? That's all y'all gonna do? I can't. Uh, Scott Holston says, "Kill Franco." Oh, they gonna kill Franco? Uh, do you do you think so? Oh yeah, he's he's out of there because they they have made him they have made him such a wimp beyond redemption. Elizabeth then kicked him to the curb. He thinks he didn't push somebody down the stairs. He can't find his mama, and everybody then turned on him. Sam and Jason aren't having him. They, Jason's still holding what he did to Sam over his head. Chop, please. There's no coming back from that. He's out of there. Is there something about this whole trauma? I mean, it's unlocking Franco's memories. Is it going to help Drew unlock any of his? Probably. He, Let's where, hope so. Because if it does, then it might save him. <laughs> uh, where, where I guess this would be the great opportunity for it to happen at a moment where Sam's about to dump him anyway for Jason. At least he's got his memories back so that maybe he can reconnect with Kim. Mm, that's a possibility. But speaking of memories, Mike... Uh, you know, uh, speaking of Auntie, you mentioned that. Oh, Auntie Stella? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Stella, this is the first time Auntie that Stella. <laughs> I enjoyed Stella in this scene where she's uh, dealing with uh, Sonny and Carly about how best to handle Mike going forward. Me too, because this was the first time they didn't have, and, and you know, I feel some kind of way about this because I'm an actress. A lot of times when they bring a, a black actress onto a show, be it a soap, a sitcom, a drama, or whatever, a lot of times, especially if the person is supposed to be comedic, they portray, they portray, they have black women portraying the character a certain way. And every time you saw Aunt Stella, she was going in on somebody or, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. Every time you saw her, and I'm like, can she just be a person? And this was the first week that they let her just be a person. Yeah. A person with a job that's trying to help a family that's going through a crisis with a loved one. And I, I, I agree with you. I really, I really like that as well. And I love the fact that she... For people, for the audience members that don't know about Alzheimer's or dementia, she kind of broke it down for the audience through the dialogue. You know, this is what's going to happen. This is what we need to do. You know, and it was it was lovely. But what was even more lovely to bring it back around to the way we started with Maurice Bernard. What was lovely was the scene that him and Mike had out on that balcony, where that one tear came down Maurice Bernard's face. Did you see that? 
Maurice Bernard is such a fabulous actor. You could tell, and he he's not one he's not one of those people on the soap that cry for the sake of crying. Like for him to have a tear come flying down his face, that meant he was really into that for that moment, and it really took him emotionally by surprise. It was a lovely scene. They really they're doing a great job with that storyline. The uh, well, you mean your close personal friend, Maurice Bernard? Yes, my my close personal. <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> Uh, the uh, <laughs> my close personal friend, my bestie, yeah, my that's new right. bestie. What I like that is it, it's it's really interesting for Sunny to be going through this because there's such a mixture of guilt and uh, also dealing with his own issues with bipolar that I'm sure this is rattling around in his, his head as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just when I mean, like Carly being kind of like stepping up because Sunny just. He's incapable. He's emotionally incapable. He just, yeah. And he's, he even says to uh, Anstella, he says um, to her that, you know, he wasn't around Mike a lot. So they don't know how much he actually remembered or didn't remember when he was in Brooklyn because he wasn't there and that they hadn't been close for a minute, you know. And, and for him to verbally say that was hard. For, you know, Sonny's hard. Sonny's yeah. a gangster. You know, for him to, like sit there and admit to somebody that for all practical purposes, he doesn't really know that well to tell this woman that him and his father are not close. And now he has to step up and be the person that's going to help him through this, this twilight uh, period of his life. That's hard. I did like Aunt Stella just saying, it's like, you know, Alzheimer's will not bend to your will. This is not something that given what you can do in your current profession or how you can make things happen majority of time. This is one thing that will not do what you wanted to do, and I like that. Mike, I like that. Michael straight up said, "This is you're not getting any better." Like he straight up when they were trying to get him to sign the power of attorney, Michael, and he was wilding out. Michael's like, "Look, you're not getting any better. We just want to make sure that you're taken care of, just like my kid will be taken care of if something, heaven forbid, happens to me." And and then when he, and and for a minute, I thought Mike was gonna like you know take a breath and calm down. But then when he popped off on Michael, it was <laughs> yeah. like, "So which one of us is the baby in this yeah, situation?" Yes. I was like, "Really, Mike? You gonna come at him like that?" Yeah. I said, "Oh no." He was. He's, he's like, "I'm a man. I'm a man, and you're trying to take everything away from me." No, they're not taking anything away from you but the disease that you have is taking everything away from you and when you sick like that you lash out at those you love and he lashed out on he let everybody have it i think did he did he he did he he, he even go off on carly i don't think did he go off on her no i think she's the only person that he doesn't go off on but she's gonna get it too at some point oh of course i mean everybody's gonna get a bit of that at some point there'll be something going on yeah that was a great that was a great uh, Maybe he, uh, Charlie and Charles says, maybe he will admit he knew Sonny was being abused. Oh, right. I forgot about that, about Sonny being abused by his stepdad. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're still coming up. I mean, again, we're getting closer and closer to what Maurice Bernard tweeted, I think, like a week or two ago, where it's just like he had just recently read one of the best scripts he ever saw for General Hospital. So we got some good stuff coming our that. way. Yeah, it was that. Look at that. Oh, a little shout out from Miss Bubbles. Look at that. Oh, nice. Miss <laughs> <Hey>, Bubbles. <laughs> Can Mike go off on nail? Ooh, honey, Miss Annie, if Mike went off on nail, I would turn cartwheels in my living room. That would, <laughs> that would be a scene to see. Oh, man. He would let her have it, and he wouldn't care. And if she came for him, tried to take him out, he would kill her. <laughs> Ooh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe he'll kill Nell. And, and not remember it. it. <laughs> great. Oh, man. Fantastic. <laughs> what a great storyline for that is. Uh, yeah, I am just really curious to see, because I, I feel like 
if Jason does indeed go to Europe for a few weeks, I feel like this is a great time for Nell's plan to really be set in motion without having Jason as a security blanket for Carly to go to. That's true. Because he, he would help he her would, kind of reason it through, maybe try to figure it out, and Carly's just going to play more by emotion. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on that one. So I feel like that's uh, uh, a... Yeah. You know, uh, do you have any predictions about the coming week? Um... <laughs> Um, I predict we're going to see some more stuff with, with Mike and, and Sonny, some more touching, heartfelt moments with them. I'm, I'm guessing we're probably going to see more of this half-baked, crazy scheme that Nell has. And hopefully um, we'll find out if somebody has a plan to rescue Drew and Franco. Maybe it'll be Elizabeth and, and Sam that, that gets to him and uh, rescues him. I don't know. Uh, I, I predict I'll be annoyed by that Jay Sam song. <laughs> I predict uh, this Franco storyline is going to get dragged out longer. Uh, but fortunately, my two dads will be around and still be slimy. <laughs> oh, you know what else we forgot to talk about? That damn lizard. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, we forgot about Hamilton has a has a. Uh, we forgot brother. about Hamilton has a brother. Okay, first of all, let's just talk about the fact that his name is Hamilton. Did we know his name was Hamilton yeah, before Hamilton this? Yeah, Hamilton Finn. Yeah. I had never heard that before. I'm like, oh, really? That's your name, Hamilton? That is hilarious. But he's got Harrison. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. I can't with his brother Harrison. And Harrison is just... Remember I said a while ago, they're going to introduce a new character. I could feel it coming, and Harrison is it. I mean, I'm at least glad they gave him the beat where he goes back to uh, Charlie's to talk to Julian. So he doesn't come off, him out of it, yeah. Yeah, because he was coming off of such like the, the robotic jerk. one note too. Like yeah. I'm new, I can't be giving anybody you right. know, favors. Like, right. Oh. And then I kind of loved how Kim went in on Julian. She says, "Oh, we're just sad." She goes, "How sad are we? I'm in love with somebody who doesn't even remember who he is, <laughs> and you are in love with that person." And she's like, mm, "So too bad, too sad." Yeah. Uh, and I did like uh, that moment between uh, Alexis and Finn, where it's like, you know, I hear enough. From my daughters and other people in my life that remind me how terrible Julian is on a regular basis, can you please just not be the friend that does she that? She was for like, me? "Shut it down! I'm gonna need yeah. you to shut up." Yes, <laughs> you, just be the friend that doesn't do that for She's me. She's like, "Can you just be the friend to keep your mouth shut yep. on that subject? Thank you and good night." <laughs> <laughs> now, I was kind of feeling Julian this week, though he wasn't as angry and getting on my nerves as much this week, except for that stupid lizard thing. That was annoying. Yes, like you gonna have somebody get arrested over that? a lizard, like for real? Yeah, it was in her I box. Can't. It was in a box. <laughs> Come on now. All right, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. But as always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. Uh, I really appreciate your comments every time we do the episode. It makes it so much more fun to do. But yes. if you want to continue the conversation with us, even after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, that's going to do it for us uh, this week on AfterBuzz TV's GH Report. Be back here next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Pacific for another hot new installment right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 